thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach Helen Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, faff-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings primal alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast. This is H, your host. And now before we get into this week's episode, I just wanted to um, have a little chat to you about my new six-week program called Set for Life. Um, I've created this amazing program about a month ago and I haven't told anyone about it. So I decided it was time to get out of the bushes and tell you guys about Set for Life. So what I found is um, as a one-on-one health coach, um, a lot of my clients say to me, I just want someone to tell me what to eat every day and someone to tell me what I should be doing movement-wise. Um, and then in my 21-day challenge, I get we, we get these amazing transformations, this is a great vibe, um, everyone's totally in the zone. And then when the challenge ends, everyone feels a little bit lost. So what I've done is create something that's literally in between the two. So I've created it so that you can do the 21 day challenges seasonally and then go on to do a set for life, which is a six week program. 21 day challenge is really intense. It's really exciting um, and lots of fun happens, but we can't keep up that pace forever. So this is where set for life comes. So let me tell you about the program. So with set for life, you get an email every day from me with menu plans. Now, menu plans is something I don't normally offer, but I just wanted to take that mental load out of the way for you so you're not thinking, oh, what are we going to have for dinner? So that's 126 meals that you don't have to think about. Now, there's a couple of recipes in there that I've linked to um, some of my great favorite recipes. Um, and then there's other, other nights are really just simple. So it's a case of you know, cooking some protein and putting together a salad and that's it. So the meals are all taken care of. The day-to-day things like movement are taken care of as well. So I will tell you, this is what we're doing today. Today is a primal essential movements workout or today go for a walk. And also there's a lot of things around mindset in there. So prompts to do a meditation with a link right there in your email box. So every day you see what what you want to be doing and it's there. I want you to think about this. How would a well-nourished, well-rested, meditated, worked-out version of you be feeling right now? Pretty good, right? So this is what I call the external work. These are the things we do day-to-day. It's a daily practice from now until the day you drop down dead that you have to, um, you know, every day you need to be doing these things every goddamn day, okay? Then there's the other things which I call the internal work. And these are the things that I find unhinge people and make people fall off the wagon. So really the internal work is looking at the beliefs that we hold and just seeing if they're working for us now or not. We form our beliefs from a very young age and sometimes our beliefs can be a little bit outdated, well, a lot outdated. And sometimes our beliefs can 
unhinges and un, not servers and really sabotage our um, you know best interest in terms of what we want for our health. So, in the in the in the Set for Life program, you get a video one a week. That's it. Most of them are under ten minutes long, where we workshop a certain um, part of your internal workings that we can get things, you know, I, I like to think of it like, you know, when you get a download of a new app on your phone and it gets rid of all the bugs and all the fix, all the glitches and that kind of thing, and it just updates it. That's what I see this as. So the six different areas that we're going to look at, one is um, planning. So uh, it sounds really boring, but actually when you have got your week all planned out, you know when you're working out, you know when you're cleaning your house, you know when you're catching up with your bestie for a coffee, you know what time you're going to go to bed, you've got time to make shiz happen. Things go a lot more smoothly than when you've got the whole day ahead of you and you just have got this kind of anxious, headless chuck feeling where you're like, I know I've got to do all this today, but I don't know where to start. So I'm just going to go on social media and just squander the whole day. And then by the end of the day, you've got nothing done or you've started a few things, not finished anything, and you're just feeling like crap. Like, I know that's how we feel because it happens to me. And I've heard it from my clients too. So there's actually a thing called Parkinson's law um, that says, it, you know, work will f- will um, expand to fill the time that's available for it. You know, when someone's coming around to your house and you like can clean your house really well, like in that 10 minutes before they come around, that's Parkinson's law. So we're going to nail planning and we're going to get your life sorted out. So, you know, you have got all the time to do the things that you want to do and the things that make you feel good so that you can handle life. So Set for Life is all about going from feeling a bit overwhelmed and a bit tired to feeling resilient and full of possibility because that's how you are set for life is building that resilience. Another thing that we workshop is your projection. How do you want your life to look? Oh, deep question, but seriously, if you don't have a vision or, or where you're going, then where are you going to end up? So I'll coach you through um, how we're going to work out how you want your life to look. And we're going to create a vision and intention and set some goals from that. So that's a really powerful um, video. And they're all like, it's just a video. You just watch it on YouTube from the comfort of your own home. Um, I'm there every Friday for a live Q&A. We have a support group in Facebook just for set for lifers. Um, so a nice confidential, safe place where you can hang out with other sisters doing it um, as well and get a lot of support, accountability, celebrate success, celebrate ahas, all of that together. Another thing we look at is power. Um, so looking at the things that can, we can give to ourselves to create our resilience, the things like moving our body, eating real food, feeling in control of our emotions, putting ourselves first, chilling our brain out. All of these sorts of things lead to resilience. Um, Positivity. We are going to be looking at things you can do to raise your general positive vibe Um, because as um, the law of the universe is as within, so without. So whatever's going on inside is what will play out in your world outside and You've really got to, um, yeah, get that positivity up there. The other couple of things that we look at um, as well are permission. It's such a biggie. So many women say to me, oh, it sounds great, but I really couldn't lie down after lunch and meditate because I should be doing some work like cleaning the toilet or something. 
So we work on permission. And just really changing all of those rules, as Vishen Lakyami calls them, which are bullshit rules that just don't serve us. Um, and really just challenging those. And as I say, updating the app to a better functioning one that's going to serve how we want our life to look. The last thing that we work on is passion, because I tell you what, it's a bit of a warning. When you start to feel fantastic and you're full of resilience and you're wondering what else is possible, you start to uncover some big dreams, some big passions, some big goals. When you stop dulling yourself down, stop limiting yourself with all those rules, there is some magic in there. I believe everybody is here with something amazing to share with the world. Um, and I can't wait to find out what yours is. So Set for Life is one of those programs. You can go straight to my website, primalalternative.com, look into health coaching, find Set for Life. You can buy it now. Boom. It'll be hitting your inbox and off you go. Or you can join me for a live round of Set for Life on September the 4th. So I'm going to be um, doing a live round, which is usually heaps more fun. Once you've done Set for Life, it's yours for life. So when I mentioned before about doing a 21-day challenge, then going into six weeks of Set for Life, you just pay for it once. It's not something that you have to keep paying for over and over again. Price-wise, one-on-one coaching with me is currently $149 a session. Um, I need to see you for six sessions. And um, the 21-day challenge is 40 bucks. So I've really tried to make that as doable as possible and Set for Life is somewhere in between the two at 497. 497 is the cost in Aussie dollars for Set for Life. Um, if that sounds like a lot to you, there is a payment plan option. We can put that in place. As you know, I'm the sustainable and doable girl. I just want to make it um, doable for you. So let's chat. The other thing I wanted to mention before we launch into the fabulous interview with the gorgeous Rebecca. I wanted to tell you about a webinar that I'm doing on Set for Life. Um, and that's going to take place on Friday, the 18th of August um, at 11 o'clock. So I'm going to pop, it's going to happen in Zoom. So there'll be a chance to have a chat with me and ask you questions. Um, so I'll post the link to that in there, uh, in their show notes, in where? In the show notes. Um, and in Set for Life, I'm going to talk you through some of the things that make people fall off the wagon. So really interesting to look behind the scenes at What's sabotaging our health while we fall off the wagon and what we can do about it? So I hope to see you at the webinar and I hope to see you in Set for Life. Thanks for listening. And now on with the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Today I'm joined by Rebecca Gibson. Rebecca is a spiritual strategist, psychic and medium and helps heart-centered soulpreneurs align their soul and path with business. But this wasn't always the story. At age 37, Rebecca was told by her immune, immunologist that she was going to be getting my teeth back in. She was told by her immunologist at the age of 37 that she would be dead by the time she was 45. Holy moly, Rebecca. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me, Helen. You're welcome. I'm so intrigued because I know that, you know, your paleo transformation has led you to this amazing life where you now are passionate to guide other people to step into their true inner potential. But it wasn't always the case. No, no, it definitely was not. 
can you take us back to your pre-primal lifestyle and just give us a bit of a lead up to, you know, what actually happened when you were, you know, told you were going to be dead in, in a few years' time? It has been a health journey from when I was born. I was actually born dead and um, had an emergency C-section and was revived and I'd had a lot of antibiotics, I wasn't breastfed and I tended to get sick often as a child. And then at the age of 17, I developed some mystery illness around one of my kidneys and spent six months in and out of hospital and ended up having my kidney taken out mm. and reconstructed and had had four surgeries on that. And then after that, I tended to pick up many viruses all around the same time. I had Epstein-Barr virus, cytomegalovirus, mononucleosis all at the same time. And then I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue when chronic fatigue was still poo-pooed by the medical association and immunologist um, had said it was chronic fatigue. And then there was many doctors who were saying it was all in my head and that um, my issues were psychological. Mm. And then from there, it progressively just got worse where I was sick all the time. And I was a nurse at this stage. I still am a nurse, but I was nursing full time. I was having spontaneous dislocation of joints that required surgeries. I'd um, developed blood clots in my legs and three in my lungs and had nearly died. And I had seen so many different doctors. I had been to multiple immunologists, multiple rheumatologists. I had differing GPs. And then in this one particular year, uh, after a very stressful event, I was working. I was a workaholic. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't um, looking after myself and my diet was poor. My diet was poor in terms of what what paleo is to me now, but at the time I was following the Dietetic Association's guidelines Hmm. of grains and wheat and legumes and all these things that I later on found out was actually causing inflammation in me. But that particular year I'd put on 60 kilos in a 12-month period and nothing had changed. Yeah, nothing had (laughs) changed in my diet. And I was really ill and really worn down. And um, that was when a GP had done extensive blood testing and um, it was discovered that they had diagnosed me with systemic lupus. And they had said that it was this systemic lupus that had been causing all of these issues that had been going, because I had been diagnosed with um, narcolepsy. Uh, a neurologist had also said I'd had some strange form of epilepsy. There was, um, they tested me for MS. And um, so I put the 60 kilos on on and I couldn't get it off except for punishing myself. So Mm. I was to get, I'd lost 70 kilos in a two year period, but I was working out two hours a day. I was eating nothing, nothing but fish and lettuce and um, balsamic vinegar. That was all I ate nearly for (laughs) two years. And it just wasn't, it wasn't sustainable. And then, uh, um, I'd gone back to eating grains and legumes. I was eating a lot of chickpeas and red kidney beans and all these things that I'd been told were healthy for me Mm. and and multi-grain breads and all of that and dairy. I was having lots of yogurt and I hadn't put on weight but I was progressively getting very sick and very run down and I was having a lot of issues picking up viruses. It was affecting my work and 
then for I was on prednisone. I was I was actually I'd gotten my stage where I was up to nineteen different medications. I was seeing my immunologist at least once a month to once a fortnight, mm. and I was progressively getting sicker, and I actually felt like I was dying. Mm. And he said to me, because of my history of clots in my lungs and um, kidney failure, and the other things that have been going on with me, that are most women that have systemic lupus for the amount of time that I had had it would die at 45. That was the statistics, heart attacks and uh, renal failure or respiratory failure at 45. And he had me seeing five different specialists and I was having seizures. I was at work having seizures. My temperature was consistently over 40. I was told at this stage that I couldn't have children. I'd been told my whole adult life that I, I wasn't able to conceive and if I did conceive I'd die and for a three-month period I was extremely sick and um, it turns out I was he sent me for MRIs CAT scans multiple blood tests looking for something they thought that I had cancer I had a colonoscopy and a gastroscope mm. and my gastrointestinal system was extremely scarred and the uh, the gastrointestinal doctor had said to me that I had what was called eosinophilic esophagitis and that he would get back to me in six weeks when biopsies came back. I got sent to a dietitian. The dietitian said to me, you're going to end up on a peg feed, which is a tube into your stomach where they feed you hospital-grade crap. <sighs> and that is what I would live off until I basically died. And then when I went back to see him in six weeks, he said, no, your biopsies are clear. I made this diagnosis based on the visual look of your gastrointestinal system. He said it is so scarred that it looks exactly like someone who has a cytophilic esophagitis, but you mm. don't. And he said, all I can attribute it to is the um, lupus. So then that's when I started. It turns out I was pregnant during this entire stage. Whoa. <laughs> The story's blowing my mind. <laughs> That's why I was pregnant for three months before uh, one of the nurses at work said, I think you're pregnant. I said, it's mm. not possible. I can't yeah. get pregnant. This, and my neurologist is saying, no, it's epilepsy. Someone else is saying, no, it's this. And by that stage, I had gotten so jack of traditional medical system and this really improved my nursing because I understood then what happens with patients who are chronically in the system. Mm. I was appalled at what was going on. And all this Band-Aid, it was just, there was no healing. It was just Band-Aid crap everywhere and all these doom, gloom, catastrophic situations. So I lost that baby and mm. I'd, I'd, by that stage I had said enough is enough. I'm not doing this to myself anymore. I was so depressed that I'd gotten pregnant and lost this baby. Mm. I didn't want to die at 45. Something's got to change. Why is my gastrointestinal system like this? This is obviously causing a problem. And I started doing some research into gut health. And I had slowly started making changes. I'd started taking very good probiotic and prebiotics, taking double to triple doses. I'd started to notice an improvement in my health. I took three months long service leave and it started reducing my stress and cutting out people and situations in my life that were adding to stress. And I started looking more at plant-based medicine and herbalism and natural things. And miraculously, 12 months to the date of conception for the baby that I had lost, I got pregnant again. 
and I had the miracle baby. She's mm. three now. Mm. And then when she came along, I really said, I have to make a big lifestyle change. This can't just be about my gastrointestinal system. I'm not taking these medications anymore. Traditional medicine can go jump. Mm. And then I discovered Pete Evans on Facebook. And I had messaged him telling him what my history was. He sent me, he and Nick sent me a couple of his cookbooks. Mm. And then it just went from there. I no longer see my immunologist. I don't take any medications anymore. And I had recently last year, because my gastrointestinal scarring had gotten so bad, I'd, uh, actually in December I had to have um, my stomach removed. But the uh, specialist had said to me, the images of my colonoscopy and gastroscope from five years ago as opposed to now, that it's not even the same person. He said, whatever you've been doing, keep doing it because most of that scarring is gone. Wow. Isn't that phenomenal? I know. That's absolutely... Wow. Just, I I think it's just amazing. Like, there, you have just told us so much there. Like, I'm literally speechless. Like, wow. So... I know. So when you were in the system and when you were getting that banded crap, um, you know... Uh, you know, help in, in air quotes, um, from, um, from the system, what was the general um, food advice that they were, they were doling at you at that time? The pyramid? Yeah. Except when I went to see the dietitian, when I had this provisional diagnosis of a synophilic esophagitis, she said uh, that I would be eating nothing but pear and pork until basically I ended up in this peg feed. And even when I was pregnant um, with my daughter, because of my medical history, I was used as a kid by the hospital and I'd had four different teams of doctors and they'd made me see this dietitian regularly and I was putting on weight rapidly when I was pregnant with her because I hadn't gone into the paleo lifestyle yet and I was going by their guidelines. And I kept saying to her, listen, I'm putting on far too much weight. I was freaking out because I'd put on that 60 kilos previously and I knew how hard it was for me to get off. Mm. And I said to her, I'm just, I'm not happy with the carbs. Oh, you need to eat carbs. And it was something like nine servings a day when I was pregnant of carbs and um, to cut down on meat-based protein and basically to cut all fats out, including the healthy fats. What the dietitians tell you is completely contradictory to what happens with a paleolithic diet. Yeah. It's very different. And I know which one I feel better on. So, you know, it, it took a lot of courage, you know, for, I think, uh, Rebecca, for you to say, right, look, I've got all these specialists working on me. I've been, I am, you know, very unwell. They've told me I need to eat, you know, pear and pork, which seems to be such a random <laughs> Just like a parent yeah. pork, just like just fish that. It was, it was really straight. odd. Like, what is there in parent pork that you can get all uh, of your nutritional requirements from? I mean, it's it's not here to laugh at it, it now. Was, it was a strange period of my life, but it wasn't courage. I just, and I know this happens for so many other chronic patients. You just get to the stage where you've just had an absolute gutful pardon. Mm the pun, you just are so frustrated and so angry and you just want to tell everybody to jam it. You would rather just go out on your, like if you're going to die, you may as well go out on your own terms. And it was just to the point where I, 
I just have to do something drastic here or I'm going to die. And you see it so often with parents of children who have severe autism or epilepsy and they choose to buck against the medical system and go a natural plant-based diet with cannabis oil and the improvement that happens with their children with the paleo diets and cannabis oil and then what happens when they get put back into the health system and basically they have fake food and and medicine enforced on them and then they rapidly go downhill again. Mm. It really changed how I thought about my patients because I worked in mental health. A lot of my patients were very chronic and would spend very long admissions in hospital and hospital food is cardboard. It's mm. disgusting. And all these patients would have metabolic syndrome. They'd put on massive amounts of weight with what science was saying was their medications, but nobody ever looked at what they were being fed every day. Mm. Cereal and bread every morning for breakfast. They have dairy Don't forget about the side of orange juice. Yes, biscuits for morning tea, afternoon tea. Then I don't even know what that slop is that they would get for lunch and dinner. But it was just they're constantly being fed processed food. And then nobody can understand why aren't they getting better. And their lifestyle, their lifestyle deteriorates, their quality of life deteriorates, their physical health deteriorates, and then they have to put up with mental illness as well. Very frustrating. Very frustrating, especially, you know, when, when you've, you've been there and now you've, you've seen them the other side. <laughs> coming to the light and and once I started learning more and I especially started learning more about inflammation and foods that cause inflammation and how the body would react to them and then what would happen with inflammation in the brain causing depression causing perceptual disturbances and all of these diagnoses that have been impacted on by inflammation in their body which has obviously been as a result of what foods they're consuming doctors just not catching up, not listening. And I was starting to get poo-pooed as being someone on some health kick. Don't bring mm. your personal health kick in here to work. And I was, no, you're not paying attention to what's going on here. Ever-increasing diagnoses of autoimmune disease. I've been diagnosed with four or five different autoimmune diseases. Mm. And, and I just became part of the system. I was just a walking symptom for doctors to use another medication. Oh, now you're getting side effects. Here you have another medication. Here's another one. And I would kept t- saying to my immunologist, I feel like I'm being poisoned. The more medication you're making me take, the worse I'm feeling. Mm. Wow. It's just such a phenomenal story, Rebecca. So let's go back to when, let's go back to when you, you made that switch and, and you made that primal shift. So you, you found Pete Evans and yes. he, I'm full of admiration for Pete because, you know, just on the, the show, My Kitchen Rules, just him being in our lounge rooms has done so much to um, raise the profile of getting back to, you know, plants and animals yes, and absolutely. getting back to the foods that we evolved and thrive on as a species. So good on you, Pete. And he is a social media machine so he's very easy to access he posts loads of great recipes loads of um success stories which are very inspirational so So helpful yeah so he had no he had no hesitation to send me those books and help me out he and his wife there he there was nothing in it for him 
and um, and then when he just started to take off with the paleo way, um, I was one of the first participants, and so his social medias had started taking off then. Um, so many people were coming more and more with stories of their health and how badly they had deteriorated and they're at death's door and begging for help and then the quick turnaround they would get from cutting all of these foods out of their diet and focusing on good fats and getting rid of meat that had been farmed, you know, any kind of fish or chicken or meat that's been farmed in a genetically modified way. It's Honestly, I... I don't know where I'd be now if I hadn't reached out to him and he hadn't helped me. Mm, that's It's amazing. Good on you, Pete. And great that he sent you those cookbooks. So tell us about your transition. So you decided you'd had your enough is enough moment. You really felt like, you know, that the medications were poisoning you. You weren't feeling any better. So you decided to give paleo a crack because obviously such, yes. somewhere intuitively you must have thought, this sounds more logical. Well, it's yes. not even, yes. but you just think, look, I've got to give this a go. It's, de- it's like kind of a desperate attempt, isn't it? Like, I'll just try anything. Oh, yeah, I was desperate. I was desperate. So was it was it easy when you first transitioned across? Um, at first it was because I was so super enthusiastic about trying something new, but I'm not going to lie. It's something that it constantly needs work in order for you to be thinking when you're out what has this got in it where is this meat come from and you are always putting thought into it then feeding my child it tended to become harder because you you know she goes to daycare and their diet isn't paleo diet so she's not paleo my husband's not paleo they don't have those health issues that I do and but my husband was very supportive of it it's not it's not something that is really easy. It's getting much better. The, the products that are out there now um, are much better. It's much easier to find meat that hasn't had added hormones and uh, hasn't eaten wheat and it's like paleo-friendly meats. It's much easier now to find organic product that um, hasn't had any kind of GMO or pesticides or anything. It's, it's getting much easier than when I first started a paleo lifestyle. And um, now people don't even bat an eyelid when I tell them that I'm paleo, whereas previously, if they didn't know what you're talking about, they would kind of say, what? And then the ones that would hear all the all the crap on the media would say, oh, you're an idiot. You know, you'd get a lot of backlash. And so well, I'm an idiot that's breathing and I'm alive. So if that makes me an idiot, then I'm the court jester of the world. So <laughs> Good on you. Totally bold. Look, this is working for me. So was it, so I, I know what you mean. Like you go in, you're like all guns blazing, let's smash this. And I, and I like what you did in the fact that you didn't try and transform your whole family because sometimes what I hear from my clients is that they, you know, they want to do paleo, but they're worried that husband won't come on board and they, they use that as a, as, as a sabotaging tool, you know, to not even start. Whereas I love that you just like, look, I need to sort my health out. I'm going, I'm going on board, I'm doing it. So what were the first few changes that you made? And did you have any like detox symptoms? Did you feel worse than you did before? Can you, can you take us back to that? I really struggled with the caffeine thing. I gave up coffee for a little bit and then I went back on it. And then I thought I'm not going to punish myself for being a, not being able to get rid of certain things. 
but I did start seeing a naturopath at the same time and it was really important to have that support mm. whilst I was doing this. So that helped a lot with my detox stuff. But I immediately cut out legumes. Uh, I cut out dairy. Anything that was processed in terms of um, anything that was gen genetically modified all went. So everything became organic, um, free-range. I'd started introducing healthy fats back into my diet without being fearful of it. Like we're taught to not have fats at all in our diet, especially if you want to lose weight. And um, I introduced things like celery juice in the morning to help with my gut health because that's made a big difference. So it was more about eliminating things and then introducing some things and then the rest of it instead of going full paleo right at the get-go it, it I didn't get freaked out so much by eliminating stuff and I would substitute dairy for like nut cheese or, or nut and then I I ended up actually liking that far more than traditional dairy so that me too that helped <laughs> yeah it's much better isn't it and I did worry about the cost it is Obviously, it's more expensive to eat that way than it is to eat genetically modified crap. But you don't tend to eat as much. And what I was saving on medical bills and medication far outweighed the cost of eating better. And then I discovered going to farmer's markets. I mean, how much fun is that? I had farmer's market in my so life until I'd gone paleo. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I, and the different kinds of food that you experience which you wouldn't mm. have experienced before. That's right. And farmer's markets, like, it's not just a case of going and getting your your spray-free local seasonal vegetables, but it's also like a, this community immersion, isn't it? You're oh, it's amazing. Such Especially a good Especially buying salmon because where is this salmon? Because I'm, I'm a huge lover of salmon. Where's it coming from? Has it been farmed? Is it full of hormones? It's very, very hard to get wild-caught salmon. But at least at the farmer's markets, they're telling you where they've caught it, um, if it's been farmed and whether or not any hormones have been added to the water, how many salmon they tend to have in tanks if it's been farmed that way. You can find out much more straight from the source. Yes. And you can if you're buying it on the shelf. Yeah, and what you're reading on a package is, is marketing propaganda, isn't it? So they're not going to yeah, give you the exactly. full story on there. So, yeah, definitely very empowering to be able to, to speak to the farmer, that's for sure. Now, I, it tastes I like so much better. It does. It oh, my God, more. I know. It's so true. You don't need to do it. Like, <laughs> we used to be we used to be put, making everything in, like, sauces and, you know, like. No, it's so easy to cook paleo. It's so just, it is. It's just like a bit of clean. oil, a bit of salt. Yeah, it's delicious. Done. <laughs> and coconut oil. I would never have started cooking with coconut oil if it had not been for paleo. And it's so much nicer. I know. It, it is. It's just it's a, a revelation, isn't it? Food just tastes much better. Totally much does. Much better. Totally does. Now, I like what you said about coffee because um, I know that in, you know, I believe that going when you go paleo, you need to find your shade of what works for you. That's doable and sustainable. Like you said, there's no point taking coffee out if you think well actually you know i really enjoy my one cup of coffee or whatever it is a day so can you tell us a little bit about how you've you've managed to find your um your shade of paleo without having that guilt associated with oh i should be drinking broth not coffee because you have both so i don't drink any <laughs> near as much coffee as what i had 
I was because I was drinking a lot of coffee because I was so exhausted. So it was yeah. just a self-fulfilling prophecy of being exhausted because I was having so much coffee. But there's no need. To, I'm not so tired anymore. So I have coffee because I, I love it. But I love coffee. If the world runs out of coffee beans, I don't know what's going to happen. So <laughs> everyone, Godzilla Rebecca will be on the warpath. <laughs> but I love broth. I love mm. broth. I mean, I don't like the chicken feet in the slow cooker so much. That's not appealing, but I, <laughs> I love I love broth. So I just have both. And broth, a cup of broth, especially in winter when it's cold, is so delish. Mm. And I was putting it in my daughter's baby bottle and I know everyone freaked out about poor Baba Yum Yum when it came out feeding children um, broth. And she was getting other nutrients, but she loves it. Yeah. She loves broth. Yeah. And I have had her on probiotics since the day she was born. Mm. Yeah. So well, you know, I know everybody, she's got good gut health. That's great. And, and and I bet she does. But, you know, I know every mother does what they feel is best for their kid. But I remember exactly. when, because I had my kids pre-paleo, and I remember, you know, when you start off the first food that you meant to give them is that rice cereal. Even even though I wasn't paleo, then I, I remember thinking, this is a bit unusual. Why am I feeding them something out of a packet? Like what, what, what's the benefit of rice, really? Rice is just a bit of a filler, soaks up your juices from your curry, you know. So we actually decided just intuitively, oh, we're just going to, you know, try some uh, pureed organic vegetables instead. And what a good idea that was. Um, when, you well, look back. when I was growing up in the 70s, that's you just – you didn't have a lot of processed food. Everything was right. made. It wasn't all, um, you know, in a jar or in a packet. I mean, I know that you can get pre-packed stuff now that, according to the ingredients list, is quite healthy. There doesn't seem to be any added chemicals and stuff in it. But um, it's just easier and cheaper just to do it yourself. Mm, absolutely. Now she's three. She's a bit selective with what happens with what she ingests. <laughs> Oh well, you know always she's get, getting her opinion choices. Ah, eighty twenty. So, tell us a bit more about your family, Rebecca. How do you? You said that your husband and, you, and your daughter aren't paleo. So, how does that look when it comes to a meal time? Well, fine. They just add things to. We eat clean anyway. My husband's a bodybuilder, so he really likes to eat clean. He's very um, particular about his proteins and plants plant-based veggies and um she's like that too so they just will add things like bread to a meal you know multi-grain bread that kind of thing otherwise they they just or dairy and the dairy they haven't cut out dairy they both have dairy and they both have um bread Mm -hmm. that's it we don't eat a lot of bread so I'm I'm just not strict with it. I don't want, especially with my daughter. She's three, you know, with cake and stuff. I'm not. I didn't at first when she was first born. Mm. Was, she's not having any sugar. She's not having this, and she's not having that. And I wanted to go full paleo, but it just didn't fit well with my lifestyle or my husband and and her going to parties and stuff. I I didn't want to have my choices impact on her two months so I do try to make her diet as healthy as possible without making it completely restrictive yeah and that's that's not realistic in the in the real world anyway is it you know like when she leaves home you don't want her to go out on this massive sugar binge to make up for the last 16 years yeah mum didn't let her have any 
Yeah, I always think that. And she's she's really good. I let her make choices about what time she wants to eat and how much she wants to eat. I never make her finish a plate. And my husband's still that old school mentality of eat everything that's on your plate. Mm. And I, I say to him, allow her to make those choices so she intuitively is understanding when she's hungry and when she's full and don't tell her she'll eat at a certain time and she'll keep eating because she needs to make those healthy decisions for herself. Absolutely. I absolutely love that. And and when we do tell our kids you need to finish like we were, you know, and, and I can, you know, our parents were just doing the best with what they knew at the time, you know, but, but now we know that just shoving food down for the sake of it uh, makes such a stress on the digestive system and makes you override the body's sophisticated mechanisms of saying, I've had enough exactly. tape, we're full. And, and helps her, you know, if you stop stop listening to your, your body's message about foods, then you do you also switch off to the other messages you get from your body? Exactly. So exactly. I, love, I love that. Which leads us very nicely into your spiritual transformation. Yes. Well, I've always been a medium. But um, since I went paleo and since my gut health improved so much, it's extremely strong now. I've actually turned it into a very good business. And I've done so much research on gut health in terms of our receptors and our heart and the complex neurological system of our heart and its communication with our gut that then communicates to our brain. And looking at our energetic bodies and how we, how we communicate with each other energetically and through emotional energy and how it then affects your heart, which is the most intelligent organ of your body. It's always been thought of that it's the brain, but if you're, you were brain dead, your body would keep functioning as long as your heart was beating. Your heart is actually the first organ that's developed and it's the smartest It communicates to your gut and if your gut is very healthy and um, everything is functioning as it should be, because basically you're the CEO of your body, so you need to make sure that you're giving your employees, which are your trillions of cells, you're giving your employees everything that they need in order for them to function properly in the factory of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so... Once that happens, the communication is much better. And since my gut health has improved my communication in terms of my intuition and what I pick up in terms of energy, much clearer, much easier to decipher, much easier to translate. And my life has outstandingly improved since I've been doing that. Huge creator of my life. My life is completely different to what it was three years ago. So my whole life's changed. Yeah, so so it, you've been going paleo now for three years, is that right? Or is it a little bit longer? Uh, a little than that? bit, a little bit. Oh no, well, three years for paleo, and I started looking into my gut health, you know, three and a half, four years ago. Okay, all right. And my whole so, life has changed. In what way? Tell us. Well, I don't nurse full time anymore. I actually haven't nursed for three and a half years. I'm just about to go back to keep my registration, but. I've built this business based on how excellent my intuition is now, which has led to a completely different lifestyle, which has led to improved health because I'm not as stressed and fatigued and overwhelmed anymore. I don't have um, 
that fear-based scarcity mindset that you tend to get when you're not communicating intuitively with your soul and your ego takes over because if you if you don't have clear communication with your soul then your ego which is there for fight or flight response is basically in control so you're constantly sending yourself into this fight or flight response which you know everything that comes up so things like money and stuff don't worry me anymore I don't stress about those kinds of things and I'm very conscious of being a deliberate creator of my life whereas before I was a workaholic. I thought that I had to work really hard in order to maintain a certain financial status and um, afford a certain lifestyle. I would have stressed about my child being in the care of other people so I could work full-time. I don't have to worry about that anymore because my guidance system is completely different. It doesn't come for that flight-or-fight response anymore. It comes straight from my soul. Wow. You're absolutely speaking my language because I've had a very similar, um, you know, transformation in, with my intuition as well. So tell me about your your business that has come really from your improved gut gut health and and, and who you serve and, and and how you serve. Oh, I love my job. I, <laughs> I swear, I've got the best job in the world. That I. Oh, that's so amazing. I get to, so before with my nursing career, my nursing career was very stressful. I spent a long time working in correctional centres doing mental health assessment on male prisoners, inmates in maximum security, alert, sex offenders and murderers and serial killers. Oh. And my job was very stressful. But I got to see how amazing I was at transforming people. I, like, I didn't transform them. I got them in touch with their own souls that they they could transform themselves from rock bottom absolute worst most evil dark period to one of hope and love and focusing on love-based emotions rather than ego fear-based emotions now I get to do it with women who are already striving in business and work and all already at that place where they're creating a life that they want, but they want more and they want to get in touch with their soul and they want to know what their purpose is here and they want to contribute to a better humanity and a better collective consciousness and they want to make a big impact. And a lot of my clients are women that go to places like Nepal and help rebuild villages and help educate women that have been rescued from human trafficking and teach them how to bake and sew and and help their children and they go and build schools in third world countries and um, a lot of my clients actually go to Necker Island frequently and hang out with Richard Branson and other business people putting businesses to use in terms of, of how do we help humanity and how do we reach out to people who don't have as much as we do and then teach them how to improve their lives. Politicians and, you know, just people who are really interested in the community and wanting to contribute to peace rather than this scarcity mindset or fear that you see, at the, especially at the moment with the current political climate of the world. It's, it's just so amazing just to see how people transfer them, transform their lives and really get in touch with their soul and why they're here and understanding energy and how we're all connected as one and there's actually really no separation. It's amazing. So yeah, amazing. So if people wanted to work with you, Rebecca, if they were like, wow, this is exactly what I'm wanting to do, how, how would they get started? 
it's best probably to look on my website, www. Is it three? Did I say three or four? You w three. W. <laughs> Rebecca Gibson, R E B E W C A G I B S O N dot com dot A U. There is some stuff on the website there at the moment that you can get in touch and have readings with me, but I do a lot of private VIP coaching packages. So um, anyone can email me. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook as Rebecca Gibson Spiritual Strategist. I'm on Instagram at Rebecca G underscore Spiritual Strategist. So I'm all around on social media, but the website's probably the easiest for anyone to get in contact with me. Yeah, and get a bit of a feel for you and and um, and what's available there. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So what would you say to somebody who can relate to, obviously not all of your symptoms because that is just like incredible. I can't believe you're still alive and having all of those symptoms. Like we laugh about it now because you've completely <laughs> turned the whole thing on its head and, and are thriving and you know, not just thriving and creating your own amazing life and, you know, living to your full capacity and purpose for being here, but you're also inspiring other people to do the same, which, well, it's just, it's just amazing, isn't it, what you're doing? So yeah, very different than four years ago. Absolutely is. And, and thank you for, um, for doing what you do. But if people are listening to your story and they're resonating with that, you know, like being stuck in... Um, a job that really you know like you say you're in it because you're afraid how are you going to match that income what would you say to to people who are feeling like I've got this little flicker of what I would like to do but I'm a bit nervous about taking the jump have you got any advice for that that kind of person that kind of person and all everyone should really focus on their holistic health and it's not just about your physical health it's not just about your mental emotional health spiritual health is very important we're spiritual beings living a human experience and it's very important for us to look after our spiritual health because once you start intuitively putting into your body what you know what your body wants and you stop listening to the white noise of what happens in the media and tv and the news and all the crap that we're constantly fed every day in marketing and advertising, what we should be eating, what we should be listening to, what we should be doing. Once you just sit yourself and listen to your heart, your heart will never guide you wrong, ever. Your heart, your soul always wants what's best for you and always has your highest good. So once you start like positively making changes with your gut health, and making changes with your spiritual health, taking time out in nature, taking time to ground, taking time to meditate, even if it's just to listen to guided meditations that you can get free on YouTube. Just taking that time to quieten your brain down so that you can listen to your heart, your whole life will change. There are many people out there that can help guide you, that can help support you, coach you, mentor you, and you need to start looking at the stuff that makes you feel sick and stressed, start cutting it out. If you can't change it, cut it off. It doesn't serve you any purpose having it in your life. And boundaries, oh, my goodness, boundaries <laughs> and assertiveness will change your life. Wow. So, you know, sometimes when you're about to do something for the first time and you feel sick, you're like, oh, my God, yeah. I'm, so, I'm so nervous. But really that's just because, you know, that is like a primal um, based thing just to protect us, isn't it? Because anything new could be potentially life-threatening. So it's it's just based in us. So you don't mean we should cut those things out, do you? You just mean things that like... No. No, yeah. 
stuff that makes you feel sick and you know intuitively it's not right. Just mm-hmm. even certain people in your life, when you're mm-hmm. around them, you feel exhausted and you feel depleted of energy or, or you're just getting to the stage where I don't feel right around you anymore. And just lovingly cut them out of your life. You, you don't need to have people, situations, things in your life that are going to make you feel like that. I always say basically at the very basic bare minimum, Every time you make a decision, each decision, stop and think to yourself, am I making this decision out of love or am I making this decision out of fear? Is this decision because I want to and I know that it's going to bring me joy? Even if there's a bit of fear to push past it, if you know the outcome for that is going to bring you joy and because you want to do it, then that's the path that you need to follow. You don't follow the ones like, I'm doing this because I have to, I feel obligated to, even though I don't want to, I'm still going to do it because someone told me that's what I should do or I read that I should be doing this. Mm. Basically like dietitians telling you what they've learned. They're, they're learning these things. They, they don't do this out of malice teaching you to eat these things. This is what they've mm. been learning. But if you know, you know in your gut, there your gut again, if you know mm. this is not right for me, and, but you're doing it because you fear not doing it because everyone says you should, that's not the right decision for you. Always follow the decision of what's going to bring you love and joy. So you, you that mentioned... That should be your compass. Yeah. And you mentioned gut health is like the key to... Um, Absolutely. ...to intuition. So do you use um, the paleo way of eating as a template in your coaching, Rebecca? Yes, I do. I Well, what happens with uh, my clients, all of the information that comes through them is channeled to me. Mm. And um, so I've read a book called Medical Medium by Anthony Williams. Absolutely. That's an amazing book. For anybody who wants to make changes around their diet and their lifestyle and has had a history of chronic illness, his book is life-changing. But I now, for a lot of my clients, will use colour-based food therapy. So depending on where they're lacking energy in their body and their organs will depend on what coloured food they should be introducing into their life. That's plant-based. And I recommend everybody look after their gut health. Everybody take celery juice unless you have um, a specific allergy or intolerance to celery. Everyone should have fresh celery juice in the morning because it, it and the probiotics have, I believe, have been instrumental in changing my gut health before I introduced the bone broth and started eliminating stuff. So how, because I've never come across um, celery juice before, so how, how does that how does that help? Uh, something about the celery juice when it's fresh, um, the way it interacts with your stomach acids will stop the stomach acid from going further down into your gastrointestinal system and causing the little holes, eating away oh, okay. at your gastrointestinal system, causing leaky gut. Mm. It's the, en- the enzymes in the celery juice, the way they mix with your own gastric juices something about the chemistry of the interaction stops it like it will start to heal up your holes and stop any further leaks from happening mm, interesting yeah i've never heard of that he, so um, give that mm, one a try <laughs> it's such such a good book he's also got another book out called life-changing foods 
Okay, yeah, I'm not, I've, heard, I've heard of his uh, medical medium book. Um, that's definitely crossed my radar, but I haven't actually got around to reading it, so I shall put that on my to-read list. Now, we're, oh, we're, nearly, we're nearly out of time, but just before I let you go, uh, I've got two questions for you. One is, is slightly a, a vain one, but I know that uh, listeners out there will be wanting to know. After you put those 60 kilos on in 12 months, mm. how, did, how did that change after you went paleo? Uh, the weight thing I still struggled with, but once I started getting uh, a naturopath involved, when I lost the 70 kilos, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. But then I went, I went, got sick, went back on because I reintroduced. See, I, I did so well because I was just eating fish and salad, <laughs> the fish and lettuce. So I basically <laughs> cut out. I was having, yeah, I was basically <laughs> having paleo without realizing I was having paleo. And once I reintroduce foods that I'm intolerant to um then the weight started creeping back on and then I went on to pregnazone because I'd gotten so sick and then I piled on another 25 kilos and then because I was eating what the dietitian had recommended when I was pregnant I'd put on another 35 so then I went full paleo and I was struggling to lose weight on full paleo and I had spoken to Pete and many other people in the paleo way and some people were having weight to um weight problems some people were losing massive amounts of weight but I wasn't but I was feeling much better hmm. eyesight was much better and my energy was much better my hair was much healthier and my skin was improved but the weight thing was really starting to get to me and um, then I found out that I had these other like gastrointestinal issues that were going on but now the weight's coming off I've had that so it's good now that's good. It's, it's it's a it's a slog. Not I'm not everyone is going to lose weight on full paleo. Like, some people say it's great for losing weight, and how lots of people do lose weight, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. But I was much healthier. I'd rather be healthy and bigger than thin and knock on that death door because my body's <laughs> inflamed and I'm exhausted. Mm. And, you, it, and even though you might look all right and fit into those jeans, you feel like crap. So doesn't matter yeah, does it I don't know because and that's what I when I'd lost that 70 kilos I was a size 10 life was great but I was getting more and more exhausted and then it mm. just led to you know rock bottom of my health with 19 different medications but oh wow my my genes were sucked in yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> it's just like it's totally irre- irrelevant isn't it if you're feeling like crap yeah you know the most and well, look I'm, at her she's a nice good looking corpse <laughs> yeah but she's a size 10 corpse but she's uh yeah, she's yeah. so yeah yeah get a reality uh, check <laughs> yeah at least at least my coffin wouldn't have been so heavy for people to carry stop it now this is I've never, la- I've never laughed and poked so much fun at death for him ever I feel a bit bad that's what happens it. when you're a nurse yes yeah, I started my career working in the morgue very very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) You'd have to just to get by. Oh, that's hilarious. Mm. So just one finishing question. What you've told us, Rebecca, is amazing. And from what you've said, you know, like you don't have the, um, you know, you don't do the work for your clients. Your clients do it themselves. So technically anybody could go out, get one of Pete Evans' cookbooks like you did, and improve their gut health and, you know, realise their life purpose and their meaning for their, their reason for being on this planet, right? Everyone. Everyone. We, we are intuitive 
beings were all little walking Wi-Fi modems picking up energy constantly. It's just that if your gut health isn't healthy, then you're not picking up on all the signs or you're ignoring them. Mm. We're all meant to be living our purpose and um, follow the purpose of our soul. And our soul should constantly be our internal guidance system. Absolutely. Not our ego. Not, not the fight or flight response. That no. just ends up with issues, with adrenal fatigue. And, mm, you end up and, in the hole. And a, and a, well, yeah, and the addiction. It's mm. the chemicals that your body release uh, when you go into a fight or flight response, your body actually gets quite addictive. Um, addicted to and you will unconsciously seek out circumstances that will put you back into fight or flight so you can get a big hit of those endorphins and cortisol and adrenal and histamine and people can get themselves into drama and and mm. this constant roller coaster of i hate my life life sucks thinking that life's happening to you when you should be realizing that life is happening for you all the time and you're here to create beautiful Beautiful. Rebecca, thank you so much. Like you have, you have given me and the listeners just so much inspiration and actionable tips from what you've said. And I absolutely love that pausing with every decision to, to ask, look, is this coming from fear or, or love? And even just like that in itself could be, you know, life, life changing. So tell us again where we can find you. Hit us with your website and your, your facey as well. Please. Website www.rebeccagibson.com.au. It's R E B E C A G I B S O N. And my Facebook page is Rebecca Gibson Spiritual Strategist. And Instagram is Rebecca G underscore Spiritual Strategist. Awesome, Rebecca. Thank you so much for that today. It was just mind blowing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.